And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. The World of Myth Bits. Hey everybody, and welcome to, as my granddaughter would say, holy schmoly, episode 40 of The World of Myth Bits. I've been doing this for 40 episodes. Wow. Okay, so, before we dive into All Things Magazine, because this is the All Things Magazine edition, episode, whatever you want to call it, um, I just want to let the contestants, remind the contestants that are in the open contract challenge, those five, that tomorrow is the deadline for the quarterfinal. So get your stuff in, people. Come on, get your stuff in. I don't know if everything's not in, but I'm just throwing out the reminder. Tomorrow is the deadline for the quarterfinal. All right. So this is our last issue before our big anniversary issue in September. Um, it's going to take us from now until then to pull everything together, and it's going to be a big issue. So, I'm going to take my time. And this might be a little longer than your average podcast that I do, which usually runs about 50 minutes or so. Um... Yeah, so, because it's also 40, so I'm celebrating. Woohoo! <laughs> um, uh, there's a couple of things I want to address before we dive into the magazine. First of all, uh, Mythmaster, dude, you called me out. You're coming for me. Finally! Took you long enough. That's all I gotta say. Took you long enough. So, mm-hmm. Look for that. Coming September. Be the showdown between me and the Mythmaster. The last time the Mythmaster and I had a showdown in an interview, I broke him. When I escaped his lair, his eyes were rolled back in his head and he was mumbling incoherently. I broke him. And you can go and read that for yourself on, on www.theworldofmyth.com. I broke him. And then I snuck into his lair and stole his chainsaw. As you heard. <laughs> so this should be interesting. He's going to have to bring his A game because twice now I've bested him. So if you're listening, Mythmaster, you best bring your A game because I've bested you twice. It would not be hard. Third time's a charm. So they say. Anyway, okay. So got with that. And I've told you that the deadline is tomorrow for the open contract challenge quarterfinal. So, yeah. And, and bear with me. I've had my granddaughter all week. So sleep has been minimal. Um, I do believe I told you guys last week that she is my expanding spaghetti monster. She gets into the bed and she's in her little spot. And then... She expands from one side to the other. 
and sleep is, you know, you get a knee in the back or a hand in the face and the blankets are on and the blankets are off and then the blankets are, whew, <laughs> I love that child, but I will be, I'm looking forward to a good night's sleep. I'm going to miss her like crazy though. I am. She goes home tomorrow morning and uh, yeah, I'm going to miss her like crazy. She is my sweet girl and that's her nickname. I have nicknames for everybody. You know that. So she is my sweet girl, and uh, we all went out last night to the Boston Pizza for dinner to celebrate. See, July is an expensive month for me. July is a busy month for me, and when my dad was alive, it was one more event busier because, and especially in a span of three days, busy. My aunt's birthday is the 7th of July and she just turned 70 this month. So then there's on the 18th is my husband and he just turned 50. And then the 19th was my mom and dad's wedding anniversary. On the 20th is my mom's birthday and she just turned 68, I think, 68. Yeah, 68, 67, 67. Okay. <laughs> and then yesterday, or the 27th, was my grandmother's birthday, and she just turned 92. So July's a busy month for me. <laughs> so anyway, we went out to Boston Pizza last night for dinner, and my daughter-in-law made one of her incredible cakes and for, for my husband, because he likes to fish, so it's kind of a fisherman guy, and it was like the officially 50 theme. And, uh, you know, they come out and they, they do the big whoop and they sing happy birthday and embarrass the heck out of you. And my husband's a very shy, quiet type. So it was great. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun. And I mean, everybody was there. My brother and his wife and their two kids and my sister and my brother-in-law couldn't make it. He was at home, but she was there. And um, my nephew, all three of my nephews were there and my granddaughter, and my grandson, and so it was great. Yeah, it was a good time. So Okay, so, all right, we are, where am I going to start today? Oh, yes, so you saw in my intro, and to all of those that have emailed me, <laughs> I'm sorry that I tricked you like that, but I didn't want to steal Dave's thunder from his commentary as to why I will no longer be the managing editor. Um, I didn't mean to mislead you <laughs> that I was leaving the magazine. Um, Chris, thank you for your email. I did email you and say thank you, but I wanted to say a special thank you to you because your email really touched me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that I kind of misled you. As of September, yes, I will be the editor-in-chief. So I will still be the head of the editing department. Um, I will have an assistant, but everything will still pass through me. Uh, but I will have a little more time to devote to making sure that this is the best quality. Because, I mean, I'm human. I know I've missed things and... You know, I was just reading a story the other day um, to somebody and went, oh, crap, I missed that. And, oh, how did I miss that? And, you know, I'm human. So now it's going to be passing through two eyes. It'll be 
going through the managing editor and then it'll come to me and it'll go through me and then it'll go to Dave for programming and putting up on the website. And I just want to let you all know any of the little weird symbols that you see or anything, that's all coding department. So that's Dave's department. Um, I'm not trying to pass the buck or anything, just letting you know, um, to send him a message on Facebook if you're having a problem with the functionality of the website, because I would love to be able to explain it to you, but I have absolutely no idea. I point and click. I don't know how it works when I point and click. I just know that when I point and click, it takes me somewhere. And I don't want you guys, like, I don't want to waste your time, especially if it's something serious um, that you want fixed right away and you're having a problem with. He's the best person to contact because he's the one that does all of it. So he can help you or explain it to you or tell you what to do right away. Uh, I can't. Anyway, okay, so I, I said this like, what, five minutes ago? And I got to pause for a drink of ginger ale. Which I really shouldn't be drinking anything with caffeine in it because it's after noon and, uh, you know, might keep me awake. But I took an allergy pill because I got attacked by mosquitoes when I took the dog out. So it might be all right. It might balance itself out. So anyway, yes, as of September, I am, well, I guess as of now, I am the editor-in-chief. <laughs> More responsibility. Awesome. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm very honored that um, I was promoted to this position. It, it means a lot to me. And I'm going to work just as hard, if not harder, um, than I did as managing editor. And we are still going to bring you an amazing magazine each and every month. Um, still hopefully going to be able to bring in new talent and keep all of our regular contributors. And on that note, in we go, because I've wasted 10 minutes now teasing you all saying I'm going into the magazine and going into the magazine and I never quite get in there. Okay, so I'm going to start with fantasy and I'm going to start with The River Dragon by Michael A. Arnold. And this is, again, Michael knows how to write fantasy. He writes, um, see, I want to call it old fantasy because it's always like when you're reading it, you're getting that sense of horses and knights and princesses and fairies and dragons. And, and that's again, the sense that I have, um, with this story the the river dragon and it's he uses a lot of the old english and um old english spellings so it really puts you in that old again i call it old fantasy as compared what i mean when i say old fantasy is um knights and dragons and fairies and and fantasy creatures and um, I don't know if anybody watched Legend of the Seeker, but that kind of atmosphere and new fantasy is, um, it'd be more like sci-fi fantasy 
you know, modern, um, oh, I'm trying to, I can't think of the name of the show. But, you know, you, I'm hoping you're understanding. So, okay, as I was reading this story, um, it really pulled me in because I'm like, I want to, I, I want to see the river dragon. I want to know what is the river dragon. And it's extremely well written. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, um, you need to go and read it. You really do. And comment on the stories. Oh, I'm noticing there's some symbols there. So I haven't been to check, but anyway, um, River, the River Dragon by Michael A. Arnold is your old fantasy style story. And it's good. Then we have The Ugly Princess by Mark Kodama. And this is kind of um, a step away from what we've been seeing from Mark. And I really enjoyed it. Like, I enjoy all of Mark's stuff. He is a really good writer. But this is kind of a, a different type of story for Mark. Wherein is, it is a, the king, the old fantasy style story with, um, the kingdoms and the, the, the prince. And you don't come across, um, too many mythical creatures in this, but it does have that air of fantasy to it. And, with all of Mark's stories, I find there is always a lesson to be learned, a moral to the story. And this one is no different. And the moral to this story kind of makes you go, hmm, wow, yeah. Because we tend to forget this lesson that we should be doing and living and enacting every day. And we tend to forget sometimes. So that's another great story from Mark. Um, like I said, it's a little different than what we've been seeing from him, but I really enjoyed it. It was a very, um, it was an emotional story for me. It was a very heart touching story, but I think you'll enjoy it. It's, definitely has the fairy tale princesses <laughs> sort of so that's the ugly princess by mark kodama and then in fantasy we have part three of the rising by jeff r young now part one and part two kind of introduced you to the characters introduced you to the setting and um what was happening within the story kind of setting you up for the, um, oh my God, my brain is just mush. <laughs> kind of laying out the plot line for the story. Part three, you get a bit more in depth of what is happening and a bit more background to, um, the characters 
and where the story's heading. And you get a lot of um, interaction between the characters, how they talk to each other, how they interact with each other, what their relationship levels are with each other. And I have to say, I'm really, really liking Draven. I'm really liking him. Um, he has to be one of my favorite characters. I mean, it's only three parts in, so that could change. I am, I have been known to switch favorite characters halfway through a story or halfway through a book. You know, if, if I'm not a loyal, <laughs> if a better character comes along, Okay, you catched, you caught my attention. I'm going with you, but so far it's Draven, and I really, really like Draven. He, uh, he says it how it is. He's, he's, yeah. I like Draven. Okay, so that <laughs> I was getting sucked back in. That is the Rising Part Three by Jeff R. Young, and you won't see Part Four until September. Sorry. <laughs> so it's really, really good. I am thoroughly enjoying it so far, and uh, I highly recommend. If you haven't um, started it yet, don't start at part three. Go back. You can go to the contributors link at the top of the page and start reading it from part one. And what I like to, what I used to like to do, what? Oh, excuse me. Good lord. Um, before I was an editor and read, read them every month is with a story like this is I would give it a couple of, of installments and then read, you know, parts three, four, and five or six, seven, and eight all at once. But sometimes you just can't, you got to just read that next bit <laughs> next month. <laughs> so I'm sorry I'm making you all wait until September to get part four, but I'm pretty sure if the story is, it keeps going at the pace that it's going, it'll be well worth the wait because it's, it's really good and I'm really enjoying it. Okay. So that's the rising part three by Jeff R. Young and moving right along is the missing unicorn in the land of the zombie fairies part four by David K. Montoya. And all I have to say, well, no, I do have more to say, but all I'm going to say to start off with is dude. Dude, <laughs> that's where you left it? And my granddaughter agrees. That's where you left. She wants to know what happens. She's not happy with you. She is not happy with you. Because now she has to wait until September to find out what happens. So this is, um, as an adult, I'm really enjoying this story. But I sat my granddaughter down and um, she had had enough screen time. She needed, we needed imagination time, bedtime story. So I read her part one. And she's like, not sleepy yet, Emma. So then I read her part two. And then she had to hear what happened in part three. And then I read her part four. And she was very disappointed that there wasn't a part five yet. So Dave, get writing. <laughs> but it's, it's a good story if you're an adult, but if you have little kids running around, this is a great story to read to them. It'll really get their imaginations going. Um, 
there's enough dialogue in it. You can do different voices and it's definitely a story that is enjoyable by both adult and child. So, and it's something that you can share with them. You can sit and read this to them and have that bonding time, but I'm really enjoying it. I want to know what happens. I hope you've all read. I'm trying not to give spoilers when I do my reviews of each story, but <laughs> get them out of the pit, man. Just oh, it's all I got to say. Get them out of the pit. <laughs> okay, so that is the missing unicorn in the land of the zombie fairies, part four by David K. Montoya. And that, I do believe, wraps up our fantasy section. Uh, so now we are going to head on over to horror. And y'all know how I feel about horror. I tend to try not to read horror before I go to bed because I have vivid nightmares and vivid dreams. But anyway, so here it is. 10.14 at night, and I'm going to go over the horror stories with you. Now, we have Chimera by Stephen Bruce. And Stephen is uh, our new writer to the magazine. So, welcome, Stephen. Thank you for your contribution, and I do hope we see more from you, because holy moly, this just... Wow. Wow. And as you're reading it, you're, you're kind of going, okay, you think you know the direction the story's going to take. And then you get to one part and you're like, wait, what? Oh, okay. Okay. So then from that point, you think, okay, so now I know the direction the story's taking. And then you keep reading. And then you get to the end or near the end and you go, wait, what? Because it veers off again. It, it gives you, and it all, and this all happens. Every single time the story makes you question what you thought you knew about the previous part of the story, it all happens in one line. Just one line. And it completely changes the story. And you're going, oh, okay, all right. It's not what I thought, but that makes so much sense. And you keep reading and then it does it again. And it, it's a roller coaster ride mixed with the Gravitron. If you guys know what the Gravitron is, it's an old eighties. I don't know if they still have them at state fairs. I know they, they used to have it around here at town fairs. Um, and you, I think now they've got seatbelts and safety harnesses and all this stuff. But you'd go inside this, it looked like a great big spaceship. And you'd lean up against the wall, and then the thing would spin at a hundred and zillion miles an hour and plaster you against the wall. And that's what this story does to you. It's like a roller coaster and the Gravitron combined. Because you can't stop reading. You can't. But you're up and down and up and down and you think you know what's going on. Funhouse. There you go. But, oh man, it just, yeah, that last, and the last line of the story, that last line just, 
sends shivers down my spine because it just brings everything right back. <laughs> so Chimera by Stephen Bruce, newcomer to the magazine. This is his first story in the magazine and come back and do it again. Okay, please. Cause that was good. I really, really enjoyed that. <clears throat> all our contributors I enjoy and I want everybody to keep coming back and I want all of our new contributors to keep coming back. But horror dude. Yeah. He freaked me out. That was, mm-hmm. So Chimera, Stephen Bruce. Also in horror, we have newcomer Megan Hamilton and her story, Dr. Spiro's Cure. And if you notice, Dr. Spiro's Cure made it to featured article. Now, it's not your typical um, blood, guts, and gore, creepy monsters, things go bump in the night kind of horror story. You could even put it, it would have fit very well in um, action suspense. I put it in horror for a very specific reason. And that is the idea behind the story is so believable and so palpable. And you kind of sit back and you think this could be happening somewhere out there. And we wouldn't even know it in some facility. Trying to um, advance and... and um, research and, and test for new treatments and new medications and, and yada, yada, yada. And this could be happening. This could be very, very real. And that is horrific because things like this have happened. They have done similar things to what is written in this story. And that is horrifying. Scares the bejeebers right out of me. And this story stuck with me for days. The thought. And just, oh, I just, yeah. You have to read it. It is an excellent story. Megan has a way of creating the suspense within the story without using all of the typical suspense trigger words. She creates that atmosphere through dialogue. She creates that atmosphere through description. It's just really well done. Well done. Do it again, Megan. Do it again. Do it again. Can you tell I went and saw The Lion King? Mufasa. Ooh, say it again. <laughs> so they didn't have that in the movie. But anyway. All right, I digress. I'm terribly sorry. Dr. Spiro's Cure by Megan Hamilton over in the horror section. Horror. Wow. Horror section. Check it out. Really good. Okay. And then we have another newcomer, John David Hanna, and he is in the science fiction with Saturday Sunshine. And this takes place modern day, modern world, um, normal place, but it is a sci-fi. And 
it, I don't, it's another one that you sit and you read it and you kind of go, because could that really happen? Has that really happened? This is very believable. Um, just the, the thought of an artificial intelligence that learns faster and quicker and better than an actual human so that it can not only anticipate, but know what, where, you, yeah, you just mm-hmm. you need to read it. It's, uh, yeah, it's really good. And I really enjoyed it. Um, not, as you know, I'm not a big horror fan. I'm not a big sci-fi fan, I guess. But this one I, I enjoyed. Um, kind of made me go, Ooh. I do, I do enjoy, um, anything to do with artificial intelligence because I want to kind of like, you know, that Johnny Depp movie. I want to be put into a computer. I want to live forever. So, you know, AI fascinates me. Okay. So now we're going to cross over to humor and we have another, um, Newcomer to the mix, Darnell Curitan. Sorry if I mispronounced that. And his story, Fiddler Pie. <laughs> now this could have very well fit in fantasy, but no, it was it was hilarious. It was it was funny. It had me laughing all the way through it, and then you get to the end, and again, it's it's a it's a comedy wrapped up in a fantasy. With a moral, a moral to the story. And I thoroughly enjoyed the world that Darnell created. The, just the images of, um, the people and the slaves and the bed warmer. Yeah, the bed warmer. <laughs> and, and, and the discussion that needs to be had about the bed warmer at the end of the story. Um, well done. Well done, Darnell. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, it was a, a good, uh, funny read. You know, it was lighthearted. It, it wasn't anything after the horror stories that I had read and the sci-fi stories and the heavy fantasy stories. This was a breath of fresh air. Thank you. <laughs> it's kind of like, Oh, okay. This is where I need, okay. I needed that. Like, cleanse the palate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was really good. I enjoyed it. So that is Fiddler Pie by Darnell Curitan. And that is in the humor section. Also in the humor section, we have Mr. Mike Lutz. How did I go from humor? I completely missed action and suspense. Okay. Anyway, we're going to carry on and then we'll go back and do action and suspense. <laughs> okay. So then we have Mike Lutz and he is back with his, the next installment in his travel blog, travel blog character series. And this time it's get lost and stay there gets welcomed to the jungle. 
Um, okay, I will have to admit, I did have to Google ayahuasca. I did not know what it was. But once I found out what it was, and then this story made home so much more sense. <laughs> I assumed it was some sort of a hallucination. Wow. Oh my God, I can't. I can't even. I assumed it was some kind of drug that made you see things. and Or some kind of, you know, knocked you out and made you not remember what actually happened to you. Because now I want to know what, what, you know, he's, he's, he's missing. Like, well, I want to know what happened in those missing hours. That's I'm just saying. I want to know what happened. He doesn't remember. He woke up in his car on the other side of the river. I want to know what happened. So he needs to maybe the blog, the, the travel blog dude needs to stop listening to his friends for one, because <laughs> they're not giving him good advice on where to go. Um, and go see a hypnotist and find out what happened to you in those mis- missing hours after you stopped after he stopped throwing up. But yeah, um, I enjoyed it. It made me, I I say snork. Because that's one of those laughs that you kind of laugh and snort at the same time. And I look forward to more of this. So, yep. Get Lost and Stay There gets welcomed to the jungle by Mike Lutz. And it will have you laughing. And I do have to say, um, you will look at your GPS differently. Never trust your GPS. But he did, at least at least he didn't use Google Maps. At least he didn't use Google Maps, because you never trust Google. She will get you lost every single time. Okay, so, now we're going to go back, and we're going to do the section that I missed, because I know Dave's listening to this um, as he's editing it, and I can hear him in my head right now going, uh, you missed a section, you missed a section, hello? <laughs> okay, so, action and suspense. We have part four. Of the Liberty series. Liberty, part four of Liberty's Run. And I love Liberty. I do. I really do. Just, you know, she, she, she's very tight lipped. She doesn't say a whole lot, but she knows what she's doing and she's just trying to keep them safe. So, I was very pleased to find out that even though this is the end of Volume 1, it will be continued. Because like one of the, the like April said, you left them in the submarine. Hello? <laughs> you can't end it there. But, yeah, I really do like Liberty. Um, she's a straight shooter, but she's also, I wouldn't say a lady, but, you know, she's very conscious of the fact that there's a kid around. And I like the fact that, you know, they ask her permission before they swear. So that, I mean, it's a great story. There's humor, there's action, there's sci-fi there's fan it's 
everything in one, but it is a great action story. And I'm really enjoying it, and I'm very glad that it's not quite over yet. Yay. Um, and if you haven't read parts one and two, go back and read them, and then read three and four, because it is definitely a story. I mean, each piece is great on its own, but in the whole context of the entire story, um, you want to read all of it. It's really good. And yeah, thank you, Walter. So that is... Oh. You know when you scroll too far and you push down on your mouse and then you get that funky little arrow? Okay. So, this is Liberty's Run, part four of the Liberty Schonauer series by Walter G. Esselman. And that is in action and suspense. And there will be another part in September. Woohoo! <coughs> I'm excited. Okay, now, through the... No, I can't do this one. Sorry, Dave. No, I'm kidding. Through the Eyes of Madness, Part 20, by David K. Montoya. And I said it when I read it the first time. I said it when I read it the second time. And I'm going to say it now. Damn it! Tidwell. <laughs> Makes me sad. See, I get the story in large chunks, so I'm trying to, I'm just refreshing the chunk that you guys have seen, because I don't want to give anything away. So. But it's really starting to pick up. Now that we've got the copycat out of the way, um, we can get back to the gray-eyed man. Where is the gray-eyed man? That's all I have to say. I, I'm not going to say I miss him because he's a serial killer. Like, he's he's a psycho. But, there's something about the gray-eyed man that just catches my attention. It's like, dude, okay. You know, he's cultured and he's classy and he's dignified and he's well-dressed and he's got gray eyes, obviously. And I'm a sucker for gray eyes or green eyes. I like blue eyes, too. Any eye, any eye color that isn't the same as mine. <laughs> um, yeah, this one was kind of bittersweet because, you know, if you've been following along, Tidwell can't ignore his medical problems anymore. He, this is, he's pushed it as far as he can and he needs to deal with it. Um, I do like what his hobby's going to be, though. That, that made me snork. Again, I snorked. So, you, and you're gonna have to read it to find out what his, what Tidwell's hobby is going to be. I'm not gonna tell you, because that is well worth reading, because it just kind of, it's a very un-Tidwell type of thing to say, but it's very Tidwell at the same time. Like, it's, it's out of character for him to make a joke 
because he's always so serious and and but yeah it's you got to go and check it out go and read it anyway it was a very good story and i i look forward to each in every part every month so that is through the eyes of madness part 20 by david k montoya okay so that takes care of the stories and look at that we're 40 minutes in so see it's a good thing i told you it's going to be a little longer now we're going to pop over to poetry and we have a newcomer welkin siskin and his poem inner beauty and it's a beautiful poem it's very deep it's um it, it makes you think it's well done i i enjoyed it um welcome to the family and i hope we will see more from mr siskin and then we have okay now i'm hoping i don't brutalize the pronunciation of this but i'm pretty sure i will we have florence logia de lanza by thomas mcdade and it is a poetic story like it's telling a tale within the poem um I enjoyed it. It kind of made me go, oh, all right. I love the, the imagery that he uses and, um, sorry, I'm just, Chrome always has, seems to have an issue with our site. It's just taking a minute to load. Okay. So there's a lot of, um, you'll notice there's a lot of reference to Greek mythology within this poem and um yeah it's i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it so <laughs> and, then, and then we have a lovely little limerick by copper rose <laughs> And if you ask her, I'm sure she may tell you how she came up with where this one came from. It's Booger Man by Copper Rose. And I read it and busted out laughing. And then um, when the magazine came out, my granddaughter happened to be here. So I read it to her and she thought it was hilarious. She loved it. Yeah, it is a wonderful little limerick called... Boogerman by Copper Rose. It's fun. You'll enjoy it. You will. You'll enjoy it. I know I did. <laughs> and then we have uh, Deviant Minds by Jeff R. Young. Multi-talented man, this Mr. Jeff is. <laughs> and it's it's one of those poems that will make you think, will make you question, will make you go, oh, well, yeah. And it tugs at a couple of your emotions. Um, just the, the one stanza that, that really stands out for me 
it's second from the end, and it says, We are the gestures of emotion, angels with a deviant mind. Our lyrics seduce the heart of fate, as we are not third eye blind. I just, that just, yeah. That particular stanza just stuck with me, and just the way it was written, as we are not third eye blind, which means that they're, third eye is open and they can see it just mm, yeah not very often will a particular part of a poem like a poem will stand out to me it will touch me it will move me but it's not very often that a particular part of a poem just hits me in such a way and that stanza that I just recited. Well, I mean, you know, I don't normally recite the poetry on the podcast, but anyway. Okay, so then we go over to Ghost Stories by Kevin Magnus. And I do have to say, I'm definitely loving this this non-emo side of him, but some of the, the people commenting miss emo Kev, but, you know, this is creative emo Kev. And I like it. The stories are still dark. They're still brooding. They're still, but they're, they've got, it's not him that's dark and brooding. It's the story. (laughs) So this is another in the ghost story series, um, called ghost stories. And anybody who's walked through a cemetery by themselves at night, now, as a paranormal investigator, I can tell you most cemeteries are not haunted. Most. But anybody, I don't care if you're a believer or not, you walk through a graveyard at night by yourself, you're going to feel like something's watching you. Whether there is or there isn't, you're going to feel a little creeped out. And this poem captures that. <laughs> so, well done, Kevin. Well done. Okay. Then we have uh, The Fog by Christopher Bice. And his poetry just gets better and better as we go. Um, I mean, they're all great, but you can really see, I can, myself, I can really see him um, exploring his creativity more and more and playing more with words and format, and the like in his poetry. Uh, This is another one that um, played, I want to say toys with your emotions, but it it doesn't toy with your emotions, but it, it does make you, you know, the next time you're taking a walk through the woods, don't stray from the path. Just, you know, stay where, you know, stay on the marked path. And don't eat anything or drink anything. The key thing. <laughs> because you never know. You never know when you're going to end up in the land of the fairies. So, The Fog by Christopher Bice. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Say that a lot, do I? Jeez. Okay, and then we have The Moon 
by Randolph R. Lofgren. Um, it's short. It's it's a play on words. Randolph likes to do those kinds of poems that are a play on words. Um, they start out small and get bigger and then go smaller again. It's like a visual, a visual poem. Um, so yeah, check that out. The Moon by Randolph R. Lofgren. And then we have... Ah, yes. Chapter 7 of The Prince of Mexico, Mark Kodama's epic poem. Now, a few people have said that this should have been um, a story, but it was presented to me as an epic poem. Therefore... It will be in the poetry because it is a poem. It's epic. It's long. But it's a poem. And if you read it, you will understand that. So this is chapter 7. And this particular poem does actually tell a story. Um, so you have to, if you haven't started then I would suggest you start from the beginning because you need to, to understand it. But it is about the Prince of Mexico. And um, I'm not even going to try and pronounce some of those names because I can't. I've never been able to pronounce my names. Just doesn't happen. No. Not even if you say it for me. <laughs> so check out... Um, Prince of Mexico, Chapter 7 by Mark Kodama. And there'll be more of that in September's issue. Okay, so now we are going over to the art gallery. And I have to say, you know, with all the amazing writers that we have, we have some absolute top-notch, incredible artists. And our cover this month is brought to you by Alonzo Ross and it's called El Nido. El Nido. And it's, I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm, it's, it's reminding me of, um, the movie Heavy Metal, that, the original, not part two, the original, that kind of style of artwork, of artistry. That's, what this style reminds me of. Um, it's absolutely a gorgeous piece. So that's El Nido by Alonzo Ross, another newcomer. Welcome. And then we have, oh gosh, I hope I pronounced this right. Ablion by Clayton Barton. And he is incredible with the digital art. This piece is, yeah, that, that, it's the eyes. When somebody draws a face, if the eyes just, the eyes have to capture you because that brings life to that piece. For me, anyway, it's the eyes. If the eyes have life, then it brings life to the piece. It's not just a picture. It's, something more. And yeah, Ablion is definitely something more. 
And then we have um, The Rise of the Warrior by Boriana Ananieva. And I absolutely love her style. I love the way her pictures, her artwork um, changes. Now this piece, um, The Rise of the Warrior, at first glance you'd think it was a photograph. But it's not. And it's just an incredible piece. You see the, the lonely samurai sitting on sitting on the dock and you wonder, is that the end of the battle? And is this when he rises as the warrior? Is this before the battle? Is this when he makes his choice to become a warrior and join a battle already existing? There's so many things that go through your mind in the, that, that is being suggested or said in this picture. And is the sun rising? Is the sun setting? It's, uh, yeah. And it's incredible. And it, like, again, I said, it looks like a photograph. But it's not. And that is Rise of the Warrior by um, Boriana Ananieva. And then we have Obscura by Connie Minutolo. And I have to say, again, the eyes drew me in, like, right away. Right away. I love this piece. I want this piece hanging on my wall somewhere. And those of you that know me personally will know why. <laughs> but I do. I love this piece. Um, it's just... it. There is so much attitude and personality to her. And, it, I mean, it's not... It's not because, you know, she's this beautiful, buxom, seductive-looking witch. It's She has this look about her that, to me, says, don't mess with me. I will mess you up. I will take you out. I am my own person. That's what this says to me. And it's, I just, I, I love the style of it. I love the shading and the coloring and, you know, the, I just, I can't say enough about Obscura. I love it. And I would love to have this piece on my wall with my other interesting pieces of artwork that I have. <laughs> So that's Obscura by Connie Minutolo. Um, I know I shouldn't say I have favorites. but And then we have Japanese Maple by Jody Perkins. And my mom had a Japanese Maple. And just the way she has the tree going in the different bending and twisting. And, and that's how they grow. Um and it's, it's, there's a sadness to this picture because right beside it is the stump. So it makes you wonder if the two trees were, you know, a pair and now one is gone. 
and the tree is shading the light. So it's like the light is gone from the picture. It's still there because the world still goes on, but um, having the tree covering the light, it's like the light has gone out of that particular moment in time with the stump and yeah. So it, it looks like an oil painting. So I don't know if it is an oil painting. I didn't, there's never a write up with the, with the artwork. I would like to, could I just maybe, you know, throw a suggestion out there, put a little write up with your artwork. Let us know what medium it is. We can put that so that the viewers know what medium was used. So, anyway, it's just, just a thought. So, Japanese Maple by Jody Perkins. How long are we into... Holy jumping! We are almost at an hour. Okay, I think I have one more. Yes, I have one more in the art department. On-Site Repair by Ed Bickford. And this is a little different than what we've been seeing with his... Um, just his black and white line drawings and his um, old style comic book drawings. This is, again, differs from that. So it's showing Ed's versatility and um, range. So sci-fi, obviously. Yeah, on-site repair. Where is it on-site re repair, though? Obviously somewhere where there's oxygen. Unless that's an alien. Okay, so. That takes care of stories, poetry, and artwork. Reviews. We have the movie review by Jason Bayshard. Game over, man. Game over. And the comments, I think, are just as interesting as reading the review. I love Jason's reviews, but the comments that you get on his review now, too, it's just, they crack me up. And then we have... Um, a review of Rachel Aaron's Nice Dragons Finish Last by the Librarian's Cat in the book review section. In the video game review, we have Punch Out by Kevin Magnus. So, he's doing something with his emo time. <laughs> Art review, um, David K. Montoya did a review of Edward Munch's The Scream, one of my all-time favorite portraits. And I actually learned something about that portrait that I, and I mean, I've stared at that picture. I don't know how many times I've seen it and, and, and looked at it and admired it. And I've seen it in movies. And actually, I just saw it in a TV show that I was watching the other day. It was a background piece. And I never noticed the two other people up the damn path in all the years I've been looking at this picture. I never noticed that there were two other people on the path as well behind the screamer. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so thank you, Dave, for teaching me something about this piece that I didn't know and, and giving me the ability to see something in the picture that I had never seen before. Although, you know, I did the whole, oh my God, I can't believe I missed that. And I... I I've looked at it. I've probably looked directly at it. I don't know how many times. And I never noticed the two people in the background. So, yes. Art review. Cool, Dave. And then we have commentary from the founder. And there is a hockey sock full list of stuff in the commentary. 
Canadianism, hockey sock full of stuff, or Americanism, and Canadianism, because we use it too, laundry list of things in Dave's commentary. And I think we are now an hour in. <coughs> oh, right, sorry. Ah. The interview with Gabriella Balcom. So, I did a bad, and I broke into his lair at the beginning of the interview. I'm terribly sorry, Gabriella. But go and listen to the interview. Um, and like I said, Mythmaster, you called me out. Bring it. Bring your A-game, dude. Bring your A-game. And uh, that... Uh, don't forget to listen to the podcast to, to um, Mythmaster Unleashed, and you can find the link in his um, na, 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 interview. So, oh, sorry, I got sucked in. I was reading some of the comments because there's new comments since the last time I checked when he called me out. Anyway. Um, so you can read part of the interview, um, on www.theworldofmyth.com and then you can click the link, uh, Mythmaster Unleashed. It says Mythmaster Unleashed. Just click that and it will take you to his podcast page on the magazine and you can listen to the interview from there. So go and check out, now that you've heard me go on for over an hour now about everything that's in our magazine, uh, go and check it out at www.theworldofmyth.com. You can find us on Twitter at The World of Myth Magazine. You can find us on Facebook at The World of Myth Magazine. You can find the podcast on Twitter at The World of Myth Bits Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The World of Myth Bits Podcast. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Lupa B. You can find me on Facebook at Stephanie Barty Author. No, author Stephanie Barty. <sighs> on Instagram, Stephanie Barty Author. Anyway, so that is our show for this week. Don't forget to go and read all the stories that I've talked about at www.theworldofmyth.com. And while you're there, it takes less than a second to vote. Vote for your story. If you feel so inclined, please leave a comment. And writers, if there are comments on your story, please take a few minutes. Talk to the people that have commented because they've taken the time to comment on your story. You can take a second and reply to them. All right. Everybody have a good week and we will talk to you next week. See ya. The world of Mythbits.